Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another amazing episode of the Weeb Weekly. It is your beautiful trifecta of hosts, the Weebs galore, talking about all things pop culture. I am joined by two of the most cool, sensational, amazing, and fantastical uh, hosts in the entire internet. Travis and Mizu, how are you guys? Doing good, man. Doing great. Good to see y'all. How you doing, Mizu? Doing good? I mean, I'm doing great, especially with an intro like that. Goddamn. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I got to hype up my boys. I got to hype up my boys. If we're doing this, we got to do it with, with a little bit of hype. Um, yes, we got a ton of stuff for you today. Just a little preview of what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, we're going to give you a full breakdown of Wakanda Forever with spoilers, just talking about everything that's have been happening on the internet. We're going to be talking Blue Lock, the World Cup, Chainsaw Man, the Super Mario trailer. We have Game of the Year coming up at the end of this week. And of course, the fire, rapid fire reviews, however, on uh, Wednesday and everything else that has been popping up through the internet. With that being said, you guys should know where you can find us. So Travis, where can the people find you outside of the Wee Weekly socials? You guys could find me on TikTok at Travis the Sibling, Twitter at Trav the Sibling, and Instagram at Travis the Sibling. All righty. How about you, Mizu? How, where, where can the people find you? You guys can find me on TikTok, but I've been stepping a little away from TikTok a little bit, but you can definitely find me being more active on Instagram and YouTube, both Mizu Shogun. Amen to that. And you can find me at Tropical Joe, at I'm Tropical Joe on the uh, TikTok, the Instagram, and the Twitter. You can also find me at Trop on YouTube as Tropical Joe and Tropical Joe Gaming. I have two channels uh, where we drop in all the biggest videos on the pop culture stuff. And of course, we would be remiss if we didn't tell you that you guys should definitely download the podcast. It definitely helps us out. You guys have been doing amazingly in terms of supporting the show. And uh, we really appreciate you. We are on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever else you consume your podcast. And if you want to see us we are going to be dropping highlights on youtube as well at the weeb weekly with that said we wanted to share a little bit of uh, of of uh of knowledge with you guys because of course with the world cup with the nba season with the playoffs happening on the nfl uh basketball football everything is back on bet online and it remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season you will always find the latest odds teams matchup info player news and game trends on bet online and as your uh, continued source for all sports uh, wagering information bet online is featuring live betting free contests and giveaways all season long Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, the MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. They even have golf on here. So you can head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit and make sure to use the promo code believe on on the website to receive your rewards. Bet online. That is where the game starts. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, we have a ton of uh, information to cover today. Uh, our boy Travis saw Wakanda forever. So now we can have a full discussion of possibly one of the most influential and controversial movies of Phase 4. So Travis, give us your first reaction and your first thoughts on Black Panther Wakanda forever. It blew away every expectation I had. Uh, and that's saying a lot because I did go into it thinking that it was going to surpass Black Panther 1 
And it did that in a way I didn't even expect. I didn't expect me to like Namor as much, even though I thought he was so cool. I thought that the costume change, I thought the the culture that they were bringing to the character was so well done. It even blew me away more than I possibly could have imagined. Uh, I really like Shuri as the new Black Panther. I loved it. I think Shuri's actually my favorite Black Panther, and that might be a little controversial, but it was the kind of fight that Shuri had with Namor was so good. It was the best fight I've seen Black Panther have in Marvel history, period. Like when she did this, said Wakanda forever and torched Namor, when she ripped off Namor's feet wings it was it was so cool man this was this was fantastic top to bottom also with what they did with namor and having uh him and his people having the ability to emit a siren call that controls people and makes them commit suicide it's it was so cool it was just like it it hit every even when it came to the 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 twists and turns for me the biggest twist being that uh the queen is dead they not only had chadwick boseman taken from us they took angela bassett in the same movie i did not think that they were going to do that uh i mean i could go on forever this movie was a marvel it was truly a marvel i loved it it's my favorite black panther movie to date cinematography wise acting wise i hope there's oscars all around from directing to the technical aspects and to the acting i like that i like that uh i i i definitely had my takes that uh were um uh, we we kind of discussed it a little bit uh in the past uh episode but i wanted to get mizu Mizu's takes on 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 Travis's reaction, and of course, uh, your take on what you've seen online, because there's been a lot of dis- discourse online. Some of it has been pretty rancid. Uh, the others have been, um, as, I would say, this has been one of the more controversial projects, but at the same time, carrying a lot of weight for uh, for the entire Marvel community as a whole. So, what what did you think of of the movie so far? Man, oh man, I definitely agree with you on the discourse thing. You guys know me. I am your trooper here. I like to go on the other side of the aisle and go in the, the lion's den and see all the wackiness and craziness. My feet, I've been doing it to see what people are saying to the point where my feet is messed up right now on YouTube. And um, But initially, my personal thoughts, I loved the majority of it. I can understand a lot of people's um, criticisms of certain things of it, which I did have my own. Um. Now, do I like it more than the first one? That's one I've been wrestling with a lot. I I do like the action more in this one, except with the with the exception of Killmonger versus T'Challa during the um the Waterfall of Heroes scene when we first fight him and he says, "Is this your king?" That's the only one. But the action in this one to me is far better than the first one. Um, the emotional uh weight does feel even more of course for obvious reasons um namor was a surprise a little bit because i like i told you guys i knew i knew of namor but i never cared for namor like he was a character that i was just like oh yeah he's cool but i mean he's not aquaman even though i, I namor existed before him aquaman just seems to do everything better than him 
And um, but wow, this interpretation of Namor is by far my favorite. I love. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Pause. But um, I'm obsessed with his design. I love it. I love the indigenous American culture. Um, applied to amp. I like how it is actually put in there. It's not slapped on because you know you can you can tell if someone it, it's been slapped on and tokenized. But no, you can tell that they really put in the work to put in the mythology and everything. Um. I will say that I did agree in terms of like the pacing. I didn't think it needed to be two hours and 40 minutes long, maybe two hours and 20 minutes tops. I think sometimes some of it could have been shaved off a little bit. And I can understand about two subplots in it that some people just didn't like that. They just felt kind of forced or um, it felt like advertisement for future installments. Um, one more than the other, um, specifically with um, Valentina, then the setup with the Thunderbolts, I felt like, and don't get me wrong, I love Martin Freeman, love Everett Ross, but he felt mostly unnecessary in the movie. Like, you could have cut his parts out, and it wouldn't have changed a lot. Riri, I heard the same argument with Riri, but I agree with that to a point. I do think that her involvement, involvement throughout the entire movie felt kind of like in the air. I like what they were doing with her in the first half, like the first act. But after that, she kind of does relatively nothing in the second act and then comes back in the third act and doing something. So, yeah, that was, I can understand the gripe with that. But overall, everybody killed it. And I definitely agree with people by saying that Angela Bassett acted like she's going bankrupt and she has to make this movie succeed in order to um get her money back or something. If she doesn't get at least nominated for a supporting actress in this, this is wild. That would be wild to me. But overall, I loved it, and I, like I said, I've been going off with all the discourse online, and it is just wild. But I'm gonna let Jose give his thoughts before we discuss that. Hey, I I totally agree with you guys. This the the, the key point for this was uh, story and acting, right? Uh, how do we um, deal with the passing of Chadwick? Obviously. Uh, how do we honor his legacy as the 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 proverbial Black Panther uh, for for the generation that 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 has been growing up with with Marvel movies and and is his first real adaptation in live action that has led to to a global in influence I would say uh, to to a level that not not many other characters have been able to do so uh, at least in, in in pop culture so. Uh, I think Angela Bassett uh, did a did a phenomenal job. She deserves the nomination, and I think most circles agree that she has she she carries the the, the film when it comes to the acting chops and and carrying that emotion, the gravitas, the pain that comes with dealing uh, with with obviously stepping up to a position of power because she's by all intents and purposes she's the queen of Wakanda after uh, her son is gone. Uh, and and she's able to 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 become a, a mentor, a leader, and of course, uh, has to embrace being a mother uh, to 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 a child that is still grief grieving uh, her brother. Uh, Letitia Wright also carries the mantle pretty well. And at this point, uh, spoilers ahead, it's almost been a month, but yes, she is the new Black Panther. We already have pictures. We already have video. She is the new Black Panther, and she 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 did it well. Like I don't, I have very little complaints 
when it comes to uh, the 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 continuing of the legacy of the Black Panther. Where I do have some gripes are some of the emotional moments in the film and end up falling by the wayside in my opinion again this is all like this is all relative to how you experience the film but there's two moments in particular that kind of uh shook me right so uh, the, uh obviously queen ramonda's passing in the in the in in, in in the movie uh it's meant to be the catalyst that sends Letitia's character into the same path of revenge and vengeance that uh, 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 T'Challa has in 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 Winter Soldier, right? So, uh, yeah, in Winter Soldier or Civil War? Civil War. Civil War. Civil War. Uh, that that path of vengeance. Well, yeah, it starts in Winter Soldier and then moves on to Civil War. Co correct. Yeah. So so that that path of vengeance we've seen it before. The the obviously they subvert expectations by having her meet Killmonger in the ancestral plane because she doesn't believe in it, right? She's using uh, she's using this path of revenge and communes with Killmonger to realize that look, I'm not the same as my brother. I'm not gonna be the same Black Panther as my brother, which is a great detail to have for char for her character development. My, my only uh, uh, conundrum is at what cost? Because obviously we had that moment of of deep painful sorrow at the beginning where we lose Chadwick's character of of T'Challa. But if you if you look at it, we lose Queen Ramonda in less than three minutes of screen time. Like it, it, from the moment that Namor uh, attacks uh, uh, Waganda and uh, Queen Ramonda ends up uh, uh, getting killed by, by drowning, it's 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 almost instantaneous. And then we go to we go to the funeral and then we're done. Like the, I I feel I feel like we didn't get that live that level of. Uh, Obviously, it doesn't. It's a really long movie. We don't need a twenty-hour segment to to talk about Queen Ramonda. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that for the gravity of what this consequence has on the life of both the Black Panther and Wakanda itself, I feel like we could have benefited from maybe maybe even like a a sizzle reel, like an anime sizzle reel of like how the how the 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 country of Wakanda deals with it, how foreign leaders deal with it, for example, and how obviously uh, 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 Shuri deals with it, because uh, the the they use it for dramatic effect to see how she's like detached from society at this point, like from so much loss that like fr from from the point that we see her jumping to the funeral, we just see her looking at the camera, just like dejected, right, completely jarred by by what's happening, which is which is completely fair as of it, it's trauma that she's trying to deal with. But I felt that that moment needed a little bit more context in order to land as hard as uh, T'Challa's death. The other moment that I wanted to get your opinions on is the is the actual ending of the battle. Uh, Namor quite quite literally uh, uh, killed a, a, a large portion of Wakanda's uh, warrior population on that ship and in the siege of Wakanda. Uh, they went from. Uh, from having a battle that was five to ten minutes long, where Shuri has to like you know play chess with him to actually get uh get his weakness um uh, to actually come through and actually defeat him in in hand to hand combat, and in less than thirty seconds, this man was almost dead, and then they show up on a helicopter in in a, in in a, in a moment of unity. It's like yes, Talokan, we our battle is over, and then everybody cheers, and I'm like. 
goddamn, weren't you guys like at each other's throats like 30 seconds ago? I was like, that, that's like a really, that's like a really big jump uh, uh, time-wise. So th it's just those small moments that, um, okay, those small nitpicks in huge moments around the film that kind of took me out of the seat and be like, wait, wait what the fuck? Did that really just happen? Uh, it, it was just those two small moments that, that stuck out to me. However, I will say people are blowing it out of proportion uh, uh, online. People are saying, yeah. pe at least from, from, from people's discourse surrounding the movie, saying that uh, it, it, it some, I heard people saying it was boring. I heard people saying that it, it didn't live up at all to the first Black Panther. I heard people saying that it was like the, the pacing was was worse than anime, and I'm like, bro, it's um, it's it, this movie had to do a lot, and they did really, really well with that. So, I wanted to get your takes on what the discourse around, like, in the community has been like, or what have you seen that stuck out to you? Um, one thing I would say in terms of criticisms that I definitely agree with. I think one of the reasons why I, I almost gave this like, almost a a ten out of ten. Until they killed Queen Wormunda. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, so for me, at least for me, I was sitting here thinking that, okay, I thought T'Challa's whole death would be the catalyst, okay, a whole thing. Not the catalyst, but the whole focus on him dying. It's already bad enough that we don't mm -hmm. have him. Now you're going to kill off Queen Wormunda as well? Mm -hmm. And it was like, dang. And I definitely agree with you that we went from her dying to her funeral in a matter of seconds. Mm -hmm. And we didn't get a lot of time to really like, Closure and that and anything like yo like okay this is crazy and and the part that's even worse if you look online I there was an article that even um um Angela Bassett herself actually objected to her dying her character's death and um because she said that yeah it would come off the wrong way to some people and and it did I mean that was the biggest thing that I've seen that people were like really upset about. And yeah, it just it just didn't for at least for me. And I definitely agree with you, Jose, that there could have been two different ways. Either my opinion, either don't kill her at all, or if you're going to have the whole her get at least maybe like in a coma. Okay, like hey, she's knocked out, she's out of commission. Like here, we're gonna put her off in the in the side, and who knows, she can come back in the future. But like she's out, kind of like what they did in on um, the Last Jedi with um, Princess Leia a little bit until you know, of course, other things have happened. But um, or like Ho Jose said, like actually give us more brevity with all that happening, and at least give us more time to, you know, see what's going on and how they're gonna act after that. Um, but yeah, but yeah, the discourse, the discourse has been crazy. Like I said, I've been hearing all types of opinions that just are just wild to me, and you know, this is a product of. What I've been, I didn't coin the term, but there's a friend who has, his name is Actual Fan, and you should definitely look him up. And he has coined the term called anti fans. And anti fans mm -hmm. are these group of people who consume the same pop culture stuff that we love, all in love, but they already go in with a disposition for it. For example, these are the people who complain about everything being woke. Oh, everything in pop culture is woke now. Um, oh, everything's ultra feminist propaganda, et cetera, et cetera. You know, these guys literally make a living off of that kind of stuff. And of course, I was surprised, you know, you know, what everything the 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 um the situation that B with Wakanda Forever losing the main actor who plays the lead role, and now we have Letitia taking over that role, and then you gotta 
you got to remember that even in the first Black Panther movie, the, the, the majority of the cast are women, with the exception of M'Baku, um, Killmonger, and Wakabi. But, you know, Killmonger's dead. Wakabi's in jail. <laughs> um, or banished, I believe. That's what Kill, um, that's what um, Grant Cougar said, because in a podcast, he said that um, Wakabi's just banished right now. Yeah. And then, you know, M'Baku, um, he's doing his thing. And I appreciate M'Baku's one of my favorite characters in the second one. And, um, but... Um, of course, they started saying things. Oh, this is just another product of um, Disney trying to be all feminist and everything. I even heard someone even called Wakanda Forever Woman King 2. What? <laughs> I was like, are you are you dead ass? <laughs> what? <laughs> Woman King 2. And you know how people already had their you know issues. Opinions about the- that. Yeah. yeah. So they were like saying that. And it's just like it was so baseless. But it was wild, or people were saying that Umbaku was emasculated. Um, he, yeah, there are people who are saying, like, guys, I'm telling you, I went through the trenches hearing, I had to sit here and hear this garbage, but I had to hear it so I could understand their point of view on it. But yeah, people were saying that Umbaku was emasculated, that he took a backseat. Though I agree that I wanted to see more of Umbaku, that Umbaku could have been utilized more. But that's also, I will also say the same thing with Atuma. Atuma, I liked Atuma. I wanted to see more of him. No more. Oh yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. Okoya, she, she. I'll say she got a lot of it, but I'll say Nomura, Nomura, mm-hmm. and Atuma, the new characters, and we got little sections of him. I would say we got more Atuma than we did a Nomura. And mind you, Nomura is related to Namor. He's his oh, wow. cousin, I believe. They said in the in the movie, but we don't get enough of that with that whole dynamic with um her and him until like the very end scene. So. Um, yeah, so I wanted to see more of them. So yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, I wanted to see more of Mbaku, but was he was Mbaku emasculated? No, no way, shape, or form. I'm pretty sure they're saying that because you know he got one punched by Namor. I guess that's it. And then you know we saw, oh, but Shuri fought him. How did that work? And I'm like, bro, did you not watch the movie? Like she already knew out the gate that she could not beat him one on one like that. That's why they had that whole plan to dry his ass out and then fight him. And then of course you got the people calling, um. Both Letitia Wright's character and unfortunately Riri's character, the Riri Williams, they're calling them, you know, Mary Sue's. Like, oh, they're so perfect. They can't do nothing wrong. What? How did Shuri was able to defeat Namor when we don't have she has she has shown no real combat training? <laughs> um, stuff like that. And I'm just and when people say that, I'm just like, bro, first of all, half the characters that we know in the MCU, we never seen them train. Hell, it, until much later. For example, my biggest example of this is the first Captain America movie. When did you see Steve Rogers train in that? He was like, we just assumed that he did because he was serving in World War II and um when he was fighting and when he was in training. But ever since he got the super soldier serum, man is doing all kinds of things we've never seen before. Man can do backflips and fight techniques, man's doing Ray Mysterio moves I've never seen before, and yet you we accepted. We accepted it and we didn't question it. Or people are talking about, oh, how does she live with a spear through the stomach like that? She's supposed to be dead. Um, Didn't Iron Man also get stabbed through the stomach in Infinity War? And he also lived? So it's like, I just it's just all these little bits and pieces I've been hearing from these guys. And um, they're, you know, like Jose is saying, they're over-exaggerating stuff, saying that, oh, Wakanda Forever was crap. And I'm like, crap? Like, compared to... Like, like, compared, compared to, to Thor, Thor the Dark World? 
for the dark world. And then that's another thing I find crazy. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I don't like everything in phase four. There was some stuff that was great. There's some stuff that was mediocre. It was just up and down. Yeah, not everything in phase four was great. But I feel like since people have such a hate, I'm going to say it, a hate boner for phase four that we're having some <laughs> revisionist history of the other mm -hmm. phases. Now, Agreed. it's kind of like with Star Wars. You know how everybody hated the prequels until we got the sequel, sequel trilogy after that. And everybody hated that to the point where not everybody loves the prequels now. Not not saying that that's a bad thing. I love how we have a new appreciation of the mm -hmm. Star Wars prequels. But there's some people who are acting like the prequels have always been good. And I'm like, no, no, they're not. I watched it the other day and I'm like, wow, this is this is still kind of yikes. <laughs> and um, and the same thing with phase of the, the other phases. They're, they're doing the same thing with um, phases one through three. Not everything through phases one through three were that great. Like you said, Thor the Dark World. Hell, the first Thor movie was all right. Oh, it was okay. It the saving grace of that movie was Loki, but overall it was okay. A lot of phase one was okay. Phase two was the worst. Phase two had, you know, Thor the Dark World, Age of Ultron, uh freaking uh Iron Man 2, like all these <laughs> other movies that just did not land very well. I'm not saying that they're terrible, but it's like they weren't that great. Even but, even at the point that they were released, they were not great. Continue. Exactly. So it it's just stuff like that. I feel like people are being more um reactionary than actually thinking it through. So the point where I even seen some people, um, when I seen, you know, the regular people who review movies, well-known people, creators, especially on YouTube, and they were like, Oh yeah, Wakanda Forever does have its um problems, but overall it's a great film. And I was reading the comment sections to all those people, and they're like, Oh, you guys are just nothing but Disney Marvel shills. Like, and, and even another argument I heard it that the critics only gave it a decent rating because if they didn't, they would be seen as racist. Like, oh bite. If that was true, wouldn't Wakanda Forever have 100 percent by critics? Mm -hmm. So oh, 100 percent or 99 or even higher than what the original got? But no, it didn't. It, they got an 84%. Right now, I looked at it on Rotten Tomatoes, it's 84%. Literally 12% lower than the first one. So clearly, not every they all gave their thoughts and opinions on it, and clearly they did that, but no one's going to be accused of being racist. But um, like I said, they all are, people online are being called Marvel and Disney shills because they said some positive stuff about it. And it's just baffling to me that, so I'm not supposed to trust someone who likes the content, who likes um Marvel stuff, and yes, yeah, so of course, you can make the argument that, yeah, since they like all this stuff, they're going to have an inherent bias. You know, everybody has a bias. But you're telling me I'm supposed to trust the people who go in hating these movies, hating these shows out, out the gate, and I'm supposed to trust them with their information and with their um, opinions on or opinions about the movies? No, it doesn't work like that. But yeah, the discourse is completely in just wild and and mind you i'm talking about the general they don't even get me started in like like the, the hotels and, and the <laughs> the black community and oh my god the hotels are just distraught distraught <laughs> if he doesn't know what a hotep is uh i i mean that's a different look it up <laughs> <laughs> a hotel is a whole different story but um yeah they and i've seen some people even complain about how and this is why to me like some people were complaining about how they didn't understand the technology of Wakanda. Like, oh, to, um, they can do all these kinds of things. But at the same time, they contradict themselves. I, I even saw some people, some people online 
say stuff like, oh, I don't get how Wakanda is technologically advanced. All they use is she- um, spears and shields and stuff like that. And then we see them expand upon it in Wakanda Forever. And now people are complaining about they don't understand the, the technology of Wakanda Forever. Oh, they have tractor beams. They have all this kind of stuff. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I'm like, bro, like, it's, I mean, it's really not that, it's really not that deep. Like, you can't expand your disbelief that it's a technologically advanced nation. They do this all the time. It's nothing different. But yeah, it's, and I'm just scratching the surface, but it's, it's wild. It's all kinds of wild. Or people are saying stuff like, oh, Marvel now hates black men. That there aren't any real powerful black men characters today and stuff like that. And it, it's wild. The internet is a cesspool. I've I, I've 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 been the, like okay everything that you said uh has its it could could be could be could be discussed in its whole separate video. The one Real. thing that I did want to discuss is Mbaku because I, Mbaku was the ideological and and logical uh, 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 soul of the film. He's the one yes. that steps up to Shuri when she's on her rampage and says, "Look, he's the voice of reason. Mbaku is the voice of reason." Thank you. Exactly. Which is the exact opposite of what he did in the first movie. This is called character development. He understands that war with another nation that is is not in and of itself trying to become a, a, a world power. They're just doing it based out of protection and fear. And he understands that. And he's like, bro, the, a war with Talokan and and killing Namor would mean eternal war with Talokan. And Wakanda does not need that or want that. So... Uh, the, the fact that we are uh, uh, vilifying a movie for trying something different that makes sense within its own continuity doesn't sit right with me. Like if we're just if we're just complaining for complaints, complaining sake, that makes no sense. No, at least but to really, me. You, I definitely agree with you with Mbaku. Like it's kind of like the first movie. You know how they had their own different political ideologies about Wakanda. Like should Wakanda open up? You know, mm-hmm. we had Killmonger's perspective that he wanted Wakanda to expand. You had Chilchala, who wanted it to stay hidden and isolated. And then you got Nakia, who was basically in the middle of saying, oh, yeah, we should open ourselves, but we could, we, we should be able to protect ourselves. And then Nakia ended up being right for the most part until, you know, we get into Wakanda forever. And I've seen Mbaku takes the same position right here. He's the guy who ended up, yeah, like you said, Jose, being right. That, yeah, you should not go on this path of vengeance, especially with a guy like this and his people, because it's going to be... Uh, an endless cycle it's kind of like um for my naruto um, for my naruto fans out there it's like how they talked about the cycle of vengeance in naruto with madara so it's gonna get it's continuous cycle and we need to break the cycle and that's what um shiri did and yeah mbaku was one honestly one of the highlights of the film he um he even gave counsel like he gave counsel to shiri even when um think about when queen wamunda died who was the first person to talk to her Exactly. Who was Mbaku? And he was just like, hey, like, I know what your head and what's going on in your headpiece right now. Don't do it. It's 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 not it's not worth it. And then plus, are we also forgetting that at the end of it, and Winston Duke confirmed this twice, that he is pretty much going to be the king of Wakanda. Yeah. He's I mean, the at the end of the movie, he's like, I want to challenge for the kingdom. And I'm like, yeah. and exactly. I'll take him as the king. I don't mind. Exactly. Shuri literally deliberately did not show up and then he said I'm going to challenge I'm going to challenge and then no one stepped up clearly insinuating that he's going to be king and then like I said Winston Duke did a online little um thing 
where he was answering questions and stuff like that. And he confirmed that he is going to be king. And then he did another interview um, with another person. And he confirmed that, yeah, Mumbaku is going to be king of Wakanda. Makes sense. Definitely yeah. makes sense. What were you going to say, Travis, about uh, Mbaku <sighs> and stuff like that? I I have so many thoughts. Um, firstly, it's very strange being having an opinion so antithetical to not just you guys, but like the entirety of the internet. Um, I love this movie. Mm-hmm. I loved, I love the pacing too. This is a long movie and I felt like it used its time well because we were covering the character development of M'Baku. Uh, Okoye had, had, uh, had a spotlight. I thought Riri was done well and Riri didn't come off as a caricature she came off as a real black woman not only that she was pivotal to the movie because she was the scientist that Namor wanted killed so I felt like uh, focusing on her not just her uh, intellect in trying to uh, in, in being able to develop a vibranium detector but she ended up being the the scientist that was helping Shuri to uh make better weapons that was amazing i felt like that was a good sequence um i also thought that queen ramondo queen ramonda's death was very important uh and the one reason i find it find that so critical to the movie is because the thing that i i value when a movie eliminates very important people or even when shows eliminate important people because Mm -hmm. the moment a movie does that or a show does that it makes the audience feel extremely vulnerable and you don't know what's going to happen next i think it's the defining point in a good way of so many shows like you name it game of thrones i mean etc etc right where when when someone dies that you didn't expect to die that you thought was so important they wouldn't die when they died the the show becomes exponentially better because you see how the world has to adjust to this death and i feel like her death in part was a setup to what we're going to see in black panther 3 and how the world shifts around that um i thought that it was also critical because queen ramonda dying gave so much more anger and emotion in my opinion in my experience with the movie to to the feelings that uh the audience would have with namor i hated namor watching this i wanted namor to die (laughs) i was like oh you kill you must be fried like i want (laughs) you gone right now and i felt like that was good and i had that anger and contempt for him the entire for the rest of the movie that's why the fight scene between him and shuri felt all the more gratifying to watch because when he was being burnt to a crisp i was like yes name more fish sticks let's do this <laughs> let's, let's let's do this a hundred percent um god i i loved the performances all of them i liked I felt like it was hard for me to even find something I really, I really disliked. I, I, again, when it goes to M'Baku, I loved the character shift. I loved that he became the counsel for Shuri, that she ended up leaning on him for some level of grounding and, 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 uh, and she listened to him and adhered to him and adhered to his uh, opinions. I, I felt like just everyone fired on all cylinders again. And this movie was gorgeous too. Not to mention one thing that I loved about Namor possibly the most was that he felt like a God. 
it wasn't just yep. that Talokan was worshiping some guy. There, you're seeing why they are. This dude on his own was wiping out the Wakandan air fleet. He was flying through. It didn't matter. And when he, when he one punch Mbaku, that's not emasculating Mbaku. That was showing the strength of Namor because he's just that strong. I I mean I could I could go on. It's to me this movie did pretty much everything right, in my opinion. But to hear that even you guys like everyone is so against this movie, like it's it's Here's shocking. I'll say this, it's it's mostly online. Because as you can see, critically, critically, that's not the case. Financially, that's not the case. But, you know, people online love to make their voices. And, just because, and here's the thing, just because you're loud doesn't mean you're right. Mm-hmm. So you can be loud saying all this nonsense all you want, but at the end of the day, you're not really right. And the one thing I always tell people is that, yes, though it may sound logical at first when someone says, oh, M'Baku was emasculated, but if you really break down what they're saying, it's not, it's really not that deep or very um, logical. And um, the part I also wanted to add into there with what Jose said earlier, the part I find funny is that the parts that people didn't like the most, what I heard online, was actually the parts that came from the comics. They didn't like how uh, Wakanda was so easily wiped out by a wave and like water bombs, stuff like that. But that's what happened in the comics. Namor wiped them out with a giant wave. Um, how did Shuri beat Namor? That's ridiculous. He's plus he's a um the T'Challa villain. But the funny thing is, during this um in the comics when this happened, when Namor was destroying Wakanda with ways, the Black Panther during that time was Shuri, and she beat him. They fought, and she beat him. Granted, I will say in the comics she had kind of like a like an Iron Man suit thing that she created, but overall, same outcome happen riri making her own iron man suit that is something that happened in the comics like everything everything that and he's another thing even though I, I still don't personally agree with it queen ramonda does die in the comics she's dead wow. like she's still currently dead in the comics she's in the ancestral plane and doing stuff and helping as like a guide but yeah she's also dead in the comics so it's like the parts that people didn't like came from the comic books. So you know how people love to complain some of these guys love to complain about how you know, the MCU has a history of deviating from the source material and like, oh, I don't like that. It needs to be kind of accurate. But I'm just like, first of all, we, we've been through this rodeo before. We've known this. The MCU has always made changes to the source material. And honestly, sometimes, and this might be a hot take, especially for my comic book period, sometimes for the better. Prime example, Mbaku. When I first heard that Mbaku was going to be in Black Panther, the first one, I was like, ain't no way they're going to bring this stereotypical almost racist depiction of an African in this movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was not, especially if you look up his appearance, like if you look up Umbaku in Google comic, he, it's it's bad. And plus, you know it's bad when his 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 villain name was Man-Ape. And it's oh, like, no. yikes. That's so I was sitting here when I was like, holy crap, they're putting this guy in the movie with like Ryan, Ryan Cook, what the hell are you doing? But then what we what we got was so much better to the point where I honestly hope that the comics look from the movies and adopt adopt this M'Baku. I love this M'Baku so much more than the comic book version. And that says for a lot of other characters in the MCU as well. But yeah, like the MCU has been doing this before. Like, I'm not saying you have to like it, but let's stop being shocked. 
especially when the whole discourse happened when Namor changed. Like, oh, they changed stuff about Namor. Why do they do this? Like, are we surprised? Are we shocked? Like, come on now. Like, it's, and like I said, it's it's creative differences. And if, and I'm going to say this, if you don't like it, you can always read the comics. You can always find somewhere else to consume it. This is just a version. It's not the definitive version. It's just a version of the character. Like, I just find it weird how people get a little whiny over those kind of things. It's just like, dude, it's it's really not that deep. I'm not saying you can't criticize. It's just that it's really not that deep. Quick, quick note here. Uh, just wanted to say that M'Baku saying bald-headed demon to Okoye oh. is still... Freaking One of the hilarious. greatest lines in, in Marvel, and I'll stand on that. <laughs> you bald-headed demon. <laughs> I, I if I was it. there, we would have stopped this fish mine. I love yeah. it. <laughs> while eating a carrot. While eating a carrot. While eating exactly, a but carrot. as soon as he got beat, he was just like, hey, I, I so I looked this guy up. Yeah, he's 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 bad news. Like, <laughs> Not he good. Said, what do you mean you looked them up? Yeah, you don't think we have books? I yeah. looked them all up. Man's wild. Yeah, no, no, no. It's bad. But no, well, the other thing I want to say, though, is that he embodied what an anti-hero is better than Black Adam did. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. In, Agreed. In every Absolutely. single way. Because here's the thing. I love Dwayne The Rock Johnson, but the one thing that I noticed a lot in all of his promotion, he kept talking about how Black Adam was an anti-hero. He's the true definition of an anti-hero. He, he kept saying it in everything. And then when, we finally, when I finally watched the movie, I was like... Just a hero. So the, he's like, so you, the only reason you're an anti-hero is because you kill people. But like the all the people you kill are bad guys. Like you you took out some shady mercenaries. Okay. And uh, almost every person he kills, if you look back at the movie, almost every person he kills is already a bad or morally gray individual. And the man fights the literal devil <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> so I'm like, how how is he an anti-hero per se? Like, hell, like I don't I wouldn't even say that far, but then Namor showed up. And he really, truly showed what an anti-hero is. This man killed everybody. Men, women, children, he did not care. He literally almost wiped out a civilization if he had it his way. The way he murdered those CIA agents in the beginning of the movie with, like... No mercy. With no mercy. Yeah, nuts. Like, and, and the way he rolled up to um, Queen Ramonda, and what's another thing I was going to say, a hot take, is that going, going off of the movie, it was... It was Queen Miranda's kind of fault what what she did. So like you you kind of said, look look, think about it. Shuri Shuri was talking to Neymar. Look Travis, listen. <laughs> Shuri was talking to Neymar. They were trying to th- figure out what was going on and stuff. And she you know he he did everything. He he got her a nice dress. He showed her his land. Everything. Um, he explained why what he was doing. What he was doing. And um, while that was happening, they kind of seemed like they were making a breakthrough. Until Queen Ramonda tasks Nakia to show up, and then she kills one of the other guards. She kills just the person who was just like, honestly, kind of like an innocent bystander in it. And then she calls Namor just to tell him that, hey, I'm going to expose you, the very thing he does not want. And then Namor's just like, if you do that, not only would I destroy your kingdom, I'm going to kill you myself. And he did not lie. <laughs> he, he did not lie. He did exactly what he said. No, no. Look, F Na- listen, F Namor, okay? We were, I could oh, no, of course. I absolutely agree, but I'm just saying in terms of in terms of the plot, she did that to herself. Like she <sighs> she did that 
That was she she didn't think that all the way through that was a disproportionate listen that was a disproportionate response okay let's 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 make this clear (laughs) yeah i agree with that one she shot like the equivalent of a handmaiden and he was like i'm gonna drown kids do you understand (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna drown children i'm gonna shuri i'm gonna drown your mom like you're queen now no (laughs) absolutely not no some Critics were upset about <laughs> um, how they kept saying how Wakanda was selfish and they're arrogant individuals. And you know that that very political scene where she's at the UN and she's talking about how she's not going to share vibranium with them. I genuinely saw critics complaining about that, saying, "Why are they not doing that? Why like, they're so selfish? Like you, you, y'all see the rest of the world um, messed up and stuff, and y'all not going to share? Like what gives y'all the right?" And I'm like. Bro, am I in bizarre world? Is this, <laughs> is y'all this not real? Understand what that meant? Like, first of all, I can go into the comics of why they shouldn't do that, but you can have look at the MCU alone on why they shouldn't give them vibranium. You look at the MCU, you see multiple movies where they try to turn something into a weapon. The Tesseract, the and the Captain America, the first Captain America movie, Hydra took control of it and they try to turn it into a weapon. Captain America Winter Soldier. Shield tried to use it, aka also Loki Hydra was making weapons out of it. The Super Soldier Serum, they did that shit three times. They had Cap, um, freaking the actually no four times. The Skull, Red Skull was a botched super on um, Super Soldier. Then we found out that in Civil War that the um the Soviets made their own team of Super Soldiers until Zemo showed them and killed them all. And then you got Falcon with a Soldier, where another guy perfected the Super Soldier Serum, and that's where we got the Flag Smashers. Um, the pim the pim particle tried to sell it in the first movie wow. to the government, which was also Hydra. <laughs> like the the list goes on. Just and the Iron Man suits. The whole plot of Iron Man two was people trying to steal his armor and remake it in their own image. Wow. Like the list goes on. I don't even even got into the the freaking Infinity Stones. So we've seen throughout the MCU timeline how much they take something and try to turn it into a weapon. So why on God's green earth would they give them vibranium? Yeah, you and you you wouldn't even have to look that far into the history of the MCU. You could just look at Black Panther 2 itself while they were at the UN talking about this. They were deploying squads to try and steal it from the Wakandans. Clearly, they don't. It would be disastrous to the world if France or the United States got their hands on it. And that was another thing. I saw a critique uh, about uh, them showing that whole subplot of, I'm forgetting the the spy's name. Valentina or Everett Ross? Yeah, Valentina Everett Ross. Yeah, I've, I've seen criti- uh, critiques about that saying that, hey, that shouldn't have been in it. I felt like it was critical that was in it too because that was showing... <clears throat> the effect that not just Wakanda had on the world, but it was showing how the reason why the America has not struck yet, because uh, black uh, the, the Wakandas essentially had like a, a, a mole in the American government that was keeping them at bay. And now that mole is gone. Now that person who was trying to like uh, uh, calm everyone down and be like, hey, like, let's not invade Wakanda. That'll be kind of bad. Like that person is now gone. 
right? So I feel like that lays a, a foundation for, for a future movie to be like, the United States is probably going to attack next, and they're probably going to do it in a big way. Like, Very cool. Very true. And I, I and now looking at it as well, because I saw another person bring it up too. Like if you think about it, if anything, those guys were the true villains. They were doing stuff. And we even heard it in one of the meetings wherever Ross was in, and he talked about how they the United States was planning on destabilizing Wakanda from within. They were going to take them down within. And um, like you said, they were taking, they were doing sting operations, trying to steal it. And and in the plus the part I think was even more alarming is when Ever Ross was calling out Valentina, which was interesting that they brought up making her her his ex-wife, which was little I was like, whoa, I'll take it aback by that for a second. But anyway, and Ever was just like, no, do you can you imagine with um vibranium in the United States and Valentina said, Oh yeah, I dream of it. I'm like, when she said that, I got a visceral image. I was like, oh my God. No, 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 no. Hell no. Absolutely not. Absolutely hell not. I definitely feel that. I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it would definitely not be the best uh, decision to give vibranium to other world powers that are kind of going to be a little bit uh, selfish with it. But uh, again, the discourse with Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and Phase Four in general is going to be never ending, especially after uh, the the crazy roller coaster of emotions that we've had over the past uh, six months and and over the past year, I would say. Uh, with, with Marvel content, but uh, there's a lot of other uh, other other things happening around pop culture that we definitely need to discuss. Uh, starting with uh, on the anime side, uh, uh, Blue Lock is real. Okay, Blue Lock is making its way to real life. Um, for those of you that don't know, we've we've talked about it before on the on on, on the pod. Uh, Blue Lock is a very popular anime and manga series uh, centering around. Uh, the creation of Japan's next top striker. And as you guys know, uh, the World Cup is happening right now. And specifically today, Japan just secured their spot in the last 16 of the World Cup of football uh, for the second time straight, obviously, because they did, they did so in 2018. Uh, and the entire internet is going ballistic because besides the fact that Blue Lock is super popular as an anime, the mangaka of blue lock designed the kits for japan on which they have both times that they've beat a european powerhouse has been with that shirt so i wanted to get your opinions on that at half and and obviously like uh, your, your opinions on the world cup in general and 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 all the craziness that it has happened over the past couple of days in the internet thanks to japan i'm just happy that everybody's getting on it i remember i talked about it earlier mm -hmm. um in the original um a couple of pods ago and yeah, it's fantastic. If you're a fan, if you haven't watched it yet, if you like Haiku, you would definitely like this as well. And it's I'll say it's more I'll say more aggressive than mm -hmm. Haiku. But um yeah, this is amazing. But the part that makes me laugh a little bit is that you know that all stories, especially authors of stories, they're trying to tell you, you know, they're they have their moments of realism and that, you know, every story relates to real life in certain ways. And the part that makes me laugh is that I feel like Blue Lock is basically um the mangaka talking talking smack about the Japanese soccer team. <laughs> it's just like, oh yeah, like man, they're so trash that I'm gonna make a whole freaking story about how <laughs> we need a new striker and everything so our, our Japanese team could be better. It's basically a whole mangaka. I look at it as Japan soccer team, do better. And clearly, I mean it must be motivation because I mean, you know, they're killing it right now. They're and I thought it was so yeah. cool and funny at the same time that. He, yeah, he got to design 
their um kits like that. I thought that was cool because at first I was just like when I first saw it, I didn't see the hype first behind mm-hmm. it, but I just saw little highlights of some of the matches. I saw them wearing blue um mm-hmm. blue shirts. I'm like, hmm, that seemed maybe coincidental, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to animate yeah. it. It's just probably there. And then when I heard that it was purposeful, yeah. and I was like, oh crap. Blue like it's real. <laughs> That's freaking awesome. That's so cool. And yeah, it's it's wild. I freaking love it. I love how that's happening. I, like, I love how Blue Lock is here as the World Cup is happening. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Exactly. How about you, Travis? Oh my God, I feel I feel the same way. It's it's awesome. And you know, me too. You made such a great point. It is it, the anime really is just a roast of, <laughs> of the Japan of soccer team. So it's so cool to see them just winning, winning in a mangaka's. In that mangaka's kit is like mm-hmm. a level of legend that I yeah, don't yeah. I don't think we've ever heard of before, especially like in the sports world. Like you yeah. you don't see like the mangaka of Haikyuu like making kits yeah. for anybody, you know. Like so it's it's so cool to me, and I'm really excited that so many people love Blue Lock. Like I think it is truly such a unique anime that does something that other sport anime don't really do and it's not just show you people playing the sport but you as a watcher you deconstruct what the sport is like how it can be played Mm -hmm. like at its bare bones and you learn a lot about soccer history too Mm -hmm. like uh there's uh in one of the episodes they talk about how uh soccer used to not have positions that everyone was a striker you know things like that it's just super fascinating so yeah i'm 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 just excited that blue locks here i also love the um the name drops of actual um soccer players in there i thought i love how this oh yeah you you can't think you think chris ronaldo does that i'm like oh damn he he just dropped his name holy crap or pele in one of the episodes oh like you know who's egotistical pele i'm like oh okay He's okay, yeah. he's he's spitting. I'm not gonna say he's not because he's spitting. Yeah, like that whole first episode was just a grand roast of the best strikers in the world, just showing like the most co- egotistical things they've ever said. I, it, amazing. I I love it. I'm all in, and I I've been enjoying the World Cup. I, I, every single I've watched almost every single match, and I will say Japan is one of those teams that. I don't know if they can win it all, but I would be. I am definitely. They are my dark horse team, and I am rooting for them heavily. Like whoever they're rooting for, whoever they're playing against, I have a soft spot for Japan. They are. They are. They're doing super great. If they win, the world. No, the world will collapse. The world will collapse. <laughs> if, they, if they freaking win, that would be freaking wild. If if Japan wins, I guarantee you, Blue Lock is going to be the like best selling anime in history or or manga yes. in history. I don't know if he's. If, I, I gotta look it up. I don't know if it's still going on. And he's probably like, damn, I probably have to change the ending of this now. Yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> gonna change it. Oh, who's who's the striker for Japan? By the way, does anyone know? Like, uh, uh, I, they 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 rotate they rotate uh depending on the match. But the I'll I'll I'll, I'll check that. Uh, are, are they are they explosive? Like yes. Okay. The, their counterattacks are explosive as hell. Like the, the, they're faster and more aggressive in the first 15 20 minutes than almost all of their other opponents. They're wow. they're insane. They're insane. Yes. Uh the and I, I, I I wouldn't <laughs> say yeah, I wouldn't say that they're like the best team uh in 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 the in the tournament cuz I I t- personally don't think they are uh, on paper, but again, 
it could it could it could it could be it could be that they actually take it all uh so it's a uh, a uh, Shuto Machino is one of the is one of them. The other one is uh, Ayase Ueda, and then we also have uh, the the one that actually uh, scored the two goals to 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 take them through. Uh, Ritsu Doan. Ritsu Doan is the is the guy. Is that dude? Uh, him and uh, Tanaka are 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 big guy, big names on that team. So I'm really excited to see them uh, go through because they're really they're playing really well. Isn't there a character named Tanaka in Blue Lock? I was just thinking that. I was like, no, there is a there is a Tanaka in in Blue Lock, dude. I, it's Blue Lock is real. That's all we're gonna say. <laughs> Blue Blue Lock is definitely real, and it's actually freaking working in real life. So, hey, whoever said that anime and manga never have any co- correlations to the real world sucks to suck, doesn't it? <laughs> right? For real. And speaking of anime and manga, uh, absolutely blowing up real life with real life consequences. Uh, Chainsaw Man, Chainsaw Man is absolutely going crazy. Uh, I wanted to get your opinions, Travis. Now that you're caught up, because uh, we we had the big scene. Unfortunately, it was censored. But I want to get your 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 thoughts on uh, uh, Chainsaw Man so far. I'll, I'll say this: we we. Uh, we can agree to disagree on that scene being <laughs> censored or not. Um, so happy it was, but it did little to nothing <laughs> to, really to, to dull the blow because Denji swallowed it. <laughs> oh my god. Denji swallowing it was like just ch- chills. Um, but yeah, even even despite that, Chainsaw Man I have to apologize <laughs> because I think on the first episode, Chainsaw Man felt good to me, but it wasn't like a true home run. I think I got so bogged down by my expectations of there being no CGI and mm-hmm. getting wrapped up in analyzing the CGI and how much there is that I didn't feel the true impact of how great the plot is. Getting to what I'm imagining is the sword demon in uh, this last episode. Mm-hmm. That First of all, that last episode was just utterly insane. I thought it was fantastic and very interesting mm-hmm. that the mangaka decided for the gun demon, for yep. the gun devil, <clears throat> yep. to go to America specifically. Mm-hmm. To be, to be in America. And because of the gun devil being in America, gun sales rose and the news reported on guns more. And that caused more fear in the people, which gave the devil more power, which led to more death. That specific chain of events is such a telling and interesting, I would call it critique on how we deal with mass shootings and how we deal with a lot of crime and reporting it because i feel like um the way that these things are reported they do lead to a lot of issues for people right just like the general public so the mangaka doing it in that way i thought was pretty genius uh not to mention that the the sword the sword devil just looks baller doesn't he it's so cool. It looks like, <laughs> looks like a knockoff chainsaw man, but it's still so cool, but so much cooler. Like s- super fast. I didn't expect that. Also, seeing the I'm forgetting the name of the character who puked in Denji's mouth. But Kimano, yeah. Kimano. She, yeah. Seeing Kimano die was it, it tore it tore me apart. 
And it really, I've seen even in the comments of Crunchyroll, so many people saying that now uh, Chainsaw Man is starting. Now you're going to see mm-hmm. just how ridiculous and wild this anime, uh, this this anime is going to get. Mm-hmm. And it's I'm not true. ready for it. Uh, I didn't uh, expect to. F- oh, I'm so sorry, man. Go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say like, no, you're not. You're not. Nobody's ready, <laughs> bro. You're you're not, Travis. I, I actually am kind of worried for you what you're about to see, <laughs> um, <laughs> because of how everything goes. Um, but yeah, I was waiting. Like, two, one thing I wasn't waiting for, like, it's it was already bad enough seeing the panel of her throw up in Denji's mouth was bad, but then seeing it animated was just. <laughs> I, I was just like, this is really bad, and the censoring did nothing nothing absolutely nothing yep and um and they and they went into it more than what happened in the manga because mm-hmm. because in the manga it was just a little quick like kind of like a peck thing and they had it to mm-hmm. uh her throwing up and then they added a little bit more zest to it oh mm-hmm. god but anyway um but yeah i definitely agree with you travis it's like what i said earlier with blue lock i like how you can tell like you know stories can imitate or they get inspiration from real life and i like the little take or the little nod like yeah the little notes and comments that he made about you know like the gun devil and the existence of gun devil why and and you're especially i agree with you the whole um you know how the news does a lot of fear-mongering and i understand that they're trying to report but sometimes it does feel a little bit you know sometimes when you hear the news it just feels like the world is very bleak and the things that is going on and yeah i like how they play into that so i thought that was pretty cool and plus um the entrance of the sword devil was amazing in the manga because I love how you just didn't see it coming at first. You're just like, he's on the train and everything. And then this one guy just comes up to him and it's just like, oh yeah, I'm I'm here to kill you. What? Yeah. The person now you killed, that was my um, that was my father. Or was it his grandfather? Like, yeah. And, like, and I'm like, I'm the son of that person. You're going to die. And then just started going ballistic on him. I was like, well, damn. But yeah, but yeah, don't get attached. That's all I'm saying, Travis. You know, all those people watching, don't. Don't get attached. It's, I mean, Makima, Makima caught a bullet in the head and nobody was batting an eye. Like, she, she, she caught a bullet in the head in this episode. And she was, like, chilling. You, you, yeah, you know, you know what it is? Like, and the show didn't even reveal whether or not Makima is still alive or not. Mm-hmm. But Makima just feels so powerful. I don't know what Makima could do. But I'm just like, that didn't kill her. That, that killed her subordinates. And in the next episode, not only is she going to be alive, she's probably going to be pissed, right? Like, but um, yeah, I that that's another thing. I really do like the character of Makima in this um, because Makima feels like a true villain, like a true villain in like hiding in, in the wings. She is so manipulative. The, the things that she's doing with Denji, um, she is just not only psychologically manipulating him, but mo- emotionally. Like she is his boss, boss. Like making, like taking his hand to grope her and all this stuff. And this is clearly a, a kid who is is an insecure kid trying to figure out his way. And she knows that, and she's using that to get him to uh, to lay down his life for her gains. And seeing that in in action is just. It's wild. It's really, it's really wild. Um, this this anime easily could be one of the best anime. I'd go for one of the best anime of the year. Bleach is is gonna give it like a run for its money, but uh, I really like Chainsaw Man. 
Chainsaw Man is amazing. I love it. I I have not finished the last two volumes, uh, but I I I've been okay. I've been burned. I've been burned. I've been burned by this by this anime by this manga. So and and the anime. So I'm excited to see how they how they how they roll through. And the the big thing that stuck to me is like having seen seeing it animated is that moment when Himeno sacrifices herself with the ghost devil and then just the fucking snake devil just goes like, yeah, swallow it whole right now, please. And it's just like, boom, just, and I'm just like, yeah, damn. <laughs> this, is, this is some straight, straight up Thanos level bullshit right now. This is some craziness. Bro, real, when I read it, I was sitting here like, yo, is she dead? Like, <laughs> is she, like, is she like gone? Like, and she is like, that's it. You're never seeing her again. <laughs> so yeah she's they yeah this is it's attack on titan on steroids attack on titan game of thrones it's yeah man it's it's wild hey just like george said if you're th expecting a happy ending you haven't been paying attention <laughs> and you know what's crazy and after once this whole anime is finished i'm just letting y'all know especially travis um the mangaka that said this is part one so everything you're about to see is part one, and he's working on part two. And when he said that, I because I finished it, and when he said it was part one, I'm like, dude, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> oh, you? Like, There's more. There, I thought this is it, the ending and everything. Like, wow! But you're telling me there's another part. You're wild for that. Oh my god. Okay, we will see. But yeah, it's it's wild. I'm excited. I'm excited for that. Uh, another thing that I'm excited for that I wanted to get your opinions on is another adaptation that we're getting very, very soon. Super Mario officially dropped a trailer. We have waited. We have pleaded to see what this is going to look like. I, 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 we definitely had to talk about it, not in a rapid fire way, because I, this is what we wanted. This is what we wanted. You can do an adaptation, have it deviate when it comes to tone, but keep the essence alive. And I am all in on Super Mario after that trailer. What were your first thoughts after watching the Super Mario Bros. movie trailer? Um, I'm not gonna lie. At first, when I heard it was announced, I was skeptical. It's not just like, you know, video game adaptations are hit or miss. Some could be good, some could be bad, or honestly terrible. And one I was happy about is that this was gonna be animated instead of trying to make it live action. And now after seeing that trailer, I am super excited. I love the animation. Um, I love all the, the little references, especially if you really play on Mario like that. Um, Luigi, can't wait to see him. Um, the, the Donkey Kong, all that. And I like how they're expanding upon Princess Peach because I was also wondering how they're going to do her because I'm not going to lie. She's she's the very stereotypical damsel in distress. And I'm happy that they're expanding upon her character. I will say though, I'm still not sold with Chris Pratt being Mario yet. I need to Fair. watch the movie for sure. I'm I'm just still not sold with him being Mario. Even I like Charlie Day as Luigi though. Yeah, yeah I, I like Charlie like, Day as Luigi. That's a winner. Yeah, Luigi Pratt. But when you when he said when Chris Pratt said let's go, I was like, that didn't land. <laughs> and the Wahoo and the Wahoo. I'm like, bro. Even the French dub got it better. Even the French and Brazil and Brazil Portuguese dub got got it better. Damn. Bro, this is like when Captain America said a symbol so quietly in Endgame. Like, what? Yeah. Bro, I didn't hear you. Like, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I'm still not sold on that. But overall, fantastic. Can't wait to see it. I I love it. Travis, let me know. 
Oh, man. So when I first heard of it, I thought it was going to be a total bomb. Uh, I thought this was going to be a cataclysmic fail on its face. Then I heard the studio that was picking it up, that was doing it, uh, Illumination. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it's definitely not going to work. Mm -hmm. I'm not paying money to watch something that's going to be this bad. And then the first trailer dropped and I was like, you know, I've been wrong a lot in life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And I'm clearly wrong now. This is fire. And then the second trailer dropped. And I was like, you know, this might be the best video game movie to date. And that hurts because I'm a huge Sonic fan. And I feel like the big win for Sonic is the movies. Mm -hmm. Like there's been such misses with the games, um, except for Frontiers. But when it comes to the movies, I was like, that's a big win. uh, And this might overtake it. Um, I think everyone was casted perfectly except for Chris Pratt. Uh, Jack Black is Bowser. Bowser, Bowser is f- unbelievable. Yes. Uh, Charlie Day is Luigi. I didn't think I'd like Luigi like this. Mm-hmm. Like, I love him. Um, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy is Peach. Anya Taylor-Joy is Peach. Now, that's one thing I wanted us to really get mm-hmm. into. They flipped peach's character on its head mm-hmm. well what the little of it that we've seen in the games yeah um and and i and i love it she's not a damsel in distress what she's she a is she's a leader she is a leader of her nation and she and there was a there was a scene specifically where she takes up an axe from one of her guards and she's walking outside with toad and she's yep. looking at this massive by the way the cinematography is nuts in this too mm-hmm. but she's looking at this massive bowser uh castle castle floating toward her and it's just unafraid not to mention that uh i love that she's the one that's going to be training mario Mm -hmm. she's training him that's such an interesting spin on it and she's using the mario levels as training grounds to like up his agility and what have you brilliant um i think that this movie is except for Chris Pratt is gonna be like the best <laughs> video game, yeah, video guys, game movie like, out oh, there. Hopefully, we're wrong about Chris Pratt, but we're just saying, like, yeah, yeah. No, it's just from just from the just from the I first the trailer. So if, I, he, if he kills it, he kills it. But right now, I just, he, I just, like, listen, he, he had two time. I, I'll, I'll say this: I don't think he's horrific, right? I I just don't think he's perfect, and I think everyone else was perfect. I think he's like a uh-huh. C, a C yeah. pick for uh for mario keegan michael key is toad even he was awesome awesome amazing and that's a voice i I never that's a the toad voice could easily get annoying so the Mm -hmm. fact that he did it in a way that was so uh cool and and funny and light i I loved his interpretation of toad uh but yeah chris pratt i just felt like it's gonna be okay it's it's just gonna be okay I I I'm 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 waiting for that like f- full th- full trailer when we get to see Donkey Kong speak because as, as soon as Seth Rogen starts to speak <laughs> as Donkey <I'm> Kong, <laughs> I'm like, bro, yeah, I need that. I need that in my life. <laughs> oh, Mario Kart, the Mario Kart, oh, yeah. Rainbow Road. I look. <laughs> it's it's for a second, but there's like I'm a huge Mario Kart fan. Yeah, and there was um there's like a a truck, like a massive mm-hmm. truck, like monster truck. I'm like, when are we gonna get that in the game? There needs to be like a DLC release for Mario Kart of just the movie. This is gonna be. I I, I love it, man. I love the references. Also, when it came to Mario facing Donkey Kong, 
it looked to me like that was kind of a teaser for Super Smash Brothers. It, it, oh, it, yes. It you know, like, be. yeah, because in that moment where Mario is like cocking back his fist in the arena, a, in an arena. Yeah, it was just like, come on, you guys got to do Super this is Smash. I literally, I was like, this is Smash. This, this, is, this is Smash. Mario vs. Donkey Kong is Smash. Not to mention that, um, in the trailer, Peach also has a moment where she's looking, she's looking at a, she's looking at a at scenery, and she's like, "There's a lot of galaxies out there." Yeah. And I'm like, "Look, come on, Mario Galaxy, yeah, yeah. Mario Galaxy, and there's other galaxies, there's other yes. Nintendo properties. Let's yeah. get this fight going." I like, okay, how much I want to bet that they might do a reference at the end. Like, oh yeah, there are other little universes that we need to protect or something that we need to protect yeah. or something and we get a reference to a oh, different gotcha. <laughs> stuff like exactly or, or or metroid or something i don't know they just dog wanna, or zelda or something like metroid and, oh my god dude and it, but funny speaking of smash bros what if um after we saw because we, we saw donkey kong like you know knock the freaking coins out of free mario in that scene <laughs> but um but what if after that they made a little joke by saying ko at the end of it Kyle, yeah, literally. But I just, I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see the plot, the action, the references. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be meta in their references? Stuff like that. I wonder. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what they do. Uh, one last note is that like I found hilarious is that like some people screenshotted uh some discourse surrounding the trailer. Be people of obviously people being like, oh. You're trying to el- like woke wokeify an LGBTQ my Mario with the rainbow, and I'm like, you've never played Mario Kart yeah. because Rainbow Road is the most iconic. <laughs> Bro, n- you've never played Mario Kart yeah. for sure because damn. I'm not gonna lie to you. I just would have asked them, hey, um, what is that? What you're smoking? Because I, <laughs> I thought that, that that's just that's such a wild assumption, and uh, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was also thinking that you said that it looks like Princess Peach might be training Mario, mm-hmm. and of course you know they're gonna be those same guys gonna be like, oh why are they not like the game? Peach a girl boss and all that kind of stuff. Like why are they doing? Why are they feminizing and making her ultra feminist proper? Bro, I, I'm sorry. I've been consuming this content for the past like two weeks now, and it's just stuck in my head. I just I'm hearing their voices already. Oh, but, bless you, but yeah, I can already hear the complaining. And Dang. and to me, if that if that even crops up, it makes the most sense because Mario is a plumber. It's <laughs> you know like how. You know, who, how else would he know how to use a fire flower? By the way, that fire flower scene, yes. it's cool. Like, yeah. you obviously need someone to to guide you. And who better than the leader of this nation, mm-hmm. right? Like, it, it, I, I, I know people are going to complain, but I guess that we're just going to have to wait for another podcast to just gripe about it hey for sure i i i i see that i see that and even even with (laughs) even with people going ham on the art of bowser and peach i'm just going like bro please don't bring that shit up bro don't don't rule don't rule 34 my mario right now please god you haven't you you haven't been on twitter they've already been yeah i know i've seen that's what i'm saying like i've seen it i'm like oh please don't do it anymore please no i've seen the most grotesque uh tweet blurbs of yeah. just it's crazy. Oh, I, I I can't I can't sleep. <laughs> I can't sleep. <laughs> but you know what? I can't sleep either because there's another big topic of conversation that we have to go into. The one that I'm personally very attached to. 
This is the week where we decide game of the year. The yes. biggest prize in gaming is decided in J December 8th. Um, we are, I'm going to give you guys the, the full list of the, of the finalists. Uh, and you guys tell me, uh, which one sticks out to you? Because I, every, I think everybody knows, um, uh, the, the two picks, the, 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 no the nominees are as follows for those of you that have not been, uh, fully embraced in it. Horizon Forbidden West that was developed by Sony. We have a Plague Tale Requiem that was by Focus Entertainment and Asobo Studio. Really amazing story game. That one was fun. Stray, the cat game that took over the beginning of the year by Annapurna Interactive. I played it as Spyro. The mods were great. This It was such a wholesome <laughs> game story-wise and gameplay-wise. Then we have Xenoblade Chronicles 3, the only Nintendo game this year. Uh, that one uh, between Nintendo and Monolith Soft. That one was also good. Uh, I didn't get a chance to fully play it, but I, I, I mean, for all the Xenoblade fans that have been, have been raving over uh, the graphics, the, 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 the attention to detail on that, that makes sense. But the last two entries on this list are the ones that are getting the most attention. This is the year of Elden Ring and God of War Ragnarok. We've talked about both of these games uh, in different podcasts as they were coming out. But now that both of them are done, are, are out, people have played them. I just recently finished God of War. I wanted to get your opinions on what makes Game of the Year, first of all, and what is your pick to take home the gold? What makes Game of the Year? Well, I mean, it has to have, in my opinion, it has to have good story. Mm -hmm. Good story. If, and not saying that it's always necessary, but a good story, um, good gameplay. You have to have good gameplay and make it interesting, make it um, something that people can go back to and it stays unique and out there and it doesn't feel as repetitive as other games can be. Mm -hmm. um, you know, buzz, popularity, all those things matter most. And um, likable, very notable characters as well. Not just that, but that's, again, those are not requirements, but those are things that I can think of in a way or just interesting worlds and stuff like that. In my personal opinion, I'm I'm Team Elden Ring. Okay. Only because and the reason why is two things. One, look, I love God of War, but they already won. They won the first time. Still, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm not against it. It's it's valid. It's definitely valid. The, the God of War storyline is freaking amazing. Um, God of War Ragnarok is amazing. But like again, they y'all y'all already won. Y'all got y'all got the trophy. Let, let let's let other people gather chance. And um, and um, secondly, I don't know. It's just that I I will say though, you do have to work a little bit with Elden mm -hmm. Ring when it comes to story because it mm -hmm. doesn't tell you outright what everything's going on. Mm -hmm. You have to just find it, or you know, like every other average person, YouTube it. Someone mm -hmm. has probably explained it for you. But I don't know the the world the the world building, the freaking boss battles like it's to me I would say that this is from Software's magnum opus right now. Yeah, every game that they've created in the past, Dark Souls, Sekiro, Bloodborne, Bloodborne, they all been killer. They all been notable. All you can say classics. And then they made this, which was first of all way different. They and way different from their other games and it's pretty much dark souls but open world 
It doesn't hold your hand. You can do almost anything you want. You can beat the game in any way you can. Mm-hmm. In any build. It's like, to me, it's one of the ultimate games where you can build your own character story-wise and everything. I would say it's up there in terms of like building character-wise, like Skyrim. Remember, Skyrim, Skyrim was yeah. like that in 2011. Yeah, it was that game. And I feel like Elden Ring is just another one that just really killed it. Like, yeah, I will say that it's the magnum opus of what From Software has been doing. And now I'm just sitting here like, how are they going to top that? How are they going to top Elden Ring? So Elden Ring just, and the other thing I love about it as well is that it's a difficult game. Yeah. Like I said, it doesn't hold your hand compared to, you. and you know it's bad when other, even other um, game studios were talking smack about it. Like, oh, like I saw Ubisoft talking smack. Yeah. Saying like, oh, like this game is too hard. What are people like, first of all, Ubisoft, y'all put like every marker in the damn book in your freaking game. <laughs> like everybody need like y'all talking about hand holding, y'all really carry the characters mm-hmm. to the destinations, like cradle them and everything. So I just like how and you know there's that whole stigma that hard games, really hard games, don't sell as well as you know, games that are open for everybody to play. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like that's an achievement in, in itself. So for me, I'm going Team Elden Ring for right now. But I won't be mad if Ragnarok gets it though. How about you, Travis? What do you think? I'm going Sonic Frontiers. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's that's my game of the year in my heart. Um, but I, w- I would I would probably have to give it to Elden Ring. I'd have to give it to Elden Ring, and the reason is because. Um, what makes game of the year to me is not just how good the game is, not just how good the story is, but the culture that is built around the Mm. game, like the cultural impact of the game. And I think it's undeniable the level of impact that Elden Ring has had. Like there is a very deep community around Elden Ring. Um, I remember when we talked about it uh, many podcasts ago, just how first the of all, the edits it, were crazy. They were taking yeah, over the, the internet. The edits, the edits were crazy. Right. This it broke uh, Steam records multiple times over by having over seven hundred thousand people playing at at one time. Like it, it made enormous strides. Um, that being said, I feel like God of War hasn't been out long enough for there to be a community built around it. So it's not that it doesn't deserve game of the year to me the the story itself i first of all i watched like an eight hour nine hour playthrough of it saw the entire (laughs) story and truly incredible what they did with it Uh, i love the story and the gameplay looks amazing that being said to its own detriment it just hasn't been out long enough to cultivate that kind of community that elder ring has and that's the only reason i give it to elder ring Damn. It do be a cold world out here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that's all I'm saying on that, Ed. But uh, Literally, with Ragnarok and everything. Yeah, hey, with Ragnarok <laughs> happening. I, listen, I, 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 I'm, listen, I'm just going to say this. Everybody knows that I'm a big God of War fan. Uh, but I, I, the, thing, the, the big question that I've asked myself over the past uh, couple of uh, weeks since the game's been out is, what what makes game of the year right so what 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 makes game of the year and i think a definitely the buzz around it is definitely important uh in, including the impact the gameplay 
uh, which uh, which has been a big topic of discussion between those two camps between Elden Ring and God of War. Uh, but but the the story and the uh, story like obviously the performance, the traversal, all that stuff. It it yeah, it's it's almost uh, synonymous, right, between these two. I think the thing that separates it the most is the emotion. The emotional moments and the the story it, it, it it's combined with the story, right? Because for example, that's this is one thing that I had to ask myself: like, a did you give Elden Ring the biggest chance? I, I I got stuck. I got stuck at one point and I couldn't get through, and I stopped playing, which is my fault. I I do agree. I've seen most of what happens story wise and the big boss fights, everything like that. Um, the big thing for me, right, is how did this game affect me? uh emotionally like while playing it and i like most of what i felt playing elden ring was rage uh rage and <laughs> ra rage and frustration which makes sense which makes sense and obviously that feeling of success when you actually overcome that boss that has been like absolutely destroying you for the past 20 hours is important but i feel like that level of difficulty uh and, and can translate to other games for example god of war has like four, has uh technically has four different difficulty levels uh and 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 the hardest one is really hard um the, what, what I, so the difficulty is is a non-factor there but I, what i what i would say that is a factor is the emotion so the performances from christopher judge and sonny suljan uh, and 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 the rest of the cast there and the fact that it it plays like a literal movie you are you are controlling a huge epic of uh, uh that is 40 hours in 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 length just with that one not even including the like the the two decades worth of 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 material that we have before it to 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 serve as context right that's part of what for example makes the MCU so great that like you have all this continuity and context from the beginning that as soon as something pivotal happens like for example iron man getting his moment in endgame after being so selfish and self-centered in the first two movies uh it gives you that level of catharsis and 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 and, and goosebumps i felt that playing god of war i cried like four times just in terms of decisions that kratos and atreus made uh that that fits so well in in this relationship between father and child uh that 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 marked me as a gamer in a way that i personally didn't feel as uh emotionally invested in elden ring i feel like elden ring has a specific niche audience that is definitely definitely appreciated more definitely will appreciate it more than the casual gamer for example that is just trying to get one of the best games of the year and try to like play it um I would say that it depends on who you are as a gamer. It'll affect it'll affect your decision. Because if you're if if we're being perfectly honest, Elden Ring, you kind of have to be a Soulsborn expert to truly extract as much juice as you can from the story. Because yes, you have to like read a ton of item descriptions and you have to beat all of the bosses or or explore as much as you can. So time and the time investment is huge. And then the 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 uh, the the difficulty factor of of finding these nuggets of gold that bring you the the larger story are also a big factor in what's what makes Elden Ring worth exploring, but at the same time inaccessible to a large portion of the gaming pool. What I will say is that uh, that I I think the biggest factor is what Travis said the the time t t time on the game the consumer's hands this is exactly what happened in 2018 when god of war 1 god of war came out first and red dead redemption 2 which is one of the best games ever created 
also came out that year and it was a huge discussion of which one is it going to be both open world both amazing both uh, revolutionary when it comes to storytelling and people thought that red dead was going to take it until the last second where people were like bro it's god of war and like some people said it's just it, the only thing that mattered there was time because people didn't have enough time to enjoy red dead as they would have i think if elden ring wins this time it's going to be the time factor because they're just they're just so tied together like the differences are so minuscule in 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 ratings in 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 audience reception the difference is so minuscule it's such a tight race that i think time is the only thing that's gonna uh uh push elden ring or god of war uh uh to, to the to, to victory i think realistically i think elden ring might take it but if what what I feel like deserves it, I I'm going with God of War Ragnarok, and that's just my take. Here's the thing: watch all of us be wrong and end up being stray. Yeah, <laughs> the, the cat game. The cat game. Oh wow! Um, wow! I'm flabbergasted. Right? Yeah. There will be riots. There will be riots Dog. if anything outside of God of War or Elden Ring win. Dude, the 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 internet would con like it would con collapse on itself it would collapse in on itself like it's so I, bad i'm not gonna lie i would honestly laugh i wouldn't even be mad yeah. i'd be like that's hilarious it's kind of <laughs> similar to like, you know how netflix has been trying so hard to be the first streaming service to get an oscar and mm -hmm. out of nowhere here comes apple tv <laughs> it was it was between hbo and netflix they kept going back and forth who's gonna get it? who's gonna get it and then apple tv came out of nowhere and took it and i was like wow that was that's kind of hilarious i'm not gonna lie so if this happens and it's not Elden Ring, or if it's anything but Elden Ring or Game of or God of War, I'm gonna be laughing. Like, wow, that's but yeah, I, I definitely agree. agree with you, um, Jose. That yeah, in terms of emotional pull, I will say Ragnarok got me, especially mm -hmm. near the end. And I was like, wow, dang, they really, they really killed it. They really the acting and like and, and that's another thing. I God of War. The first, the God of War four, and then God of War Ragnarok proves that, like you know, you gotta you gotta give game, video game actors their flowers, bro. They really be acting their asses off, and then it, you can tell, especially you see the behind the scenes with all mm -hmm. the VFX, and you see them doing the motion capture stuff, and you see the actual anger, and you see it on their faces. I, I saw someone did a close up of Angra Boda mm -hmm. and her facial expressions between her and the act, like her, the actual game character and the actress, and they actually captured. All her expressions and everything. Same thing with Freya and all that. I was I was amazed. And then Norse mythology. Now my my wife loves Norse mythology. She's the one that got me into it. Mm -hmm. I first played the. I literally I literally knew little to nothing besides Thor, Loki, Odin. That was it. And then she explained it as I was playing the first God of War um four game, and I was like, oh wow. And then now when I see the stuff, and I like how I also love the fact that the story. Pretty much followed similar to mythology, but in a different way than expected. They they fulfilled the actual mythology of Ragnarok that happens in Norse mm -hmm. mythology, but just in a different way. I was like, "Holy crap, that's cool! That is so cool!" Like they fulfilled the prophecies, as mentioned, both in the actual mythology and in the the game, and like in a way that yeah, like I said, I did not expect, but it worked. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Go, go, go. Yeah, when it when it comes to um, what you said, me too. I hundred percent agree. Voice actors need to get their flowers. Uh, <clears throat> uh, the Kratos actor, Christopher Judge, Oof. 
his acting was so phenomenal and it even made it deeper to me because he was asked in an interview about his experience and he said that this his acting in this game specifically it was to his kids as well uh he you know a love letter to his kids it was a love letter to his kids and it was just like man crazy good bro who would have thought that you asked me a couple years ago that kratos would be the voice of reason Mm-hmm. things and that's like kratos nah hell no mm-hmm. and then now i'm just like and then first of all also if they have different categories like a different like shout out to freaking odin odin as a bad guy wow at first when i saw him i was Dog. like eh, he doesn't seem that threatening but that was kind of the point mm-hmm. he seems like an old guy missing an eye and everything I'm like okay whatever but man was villainous and especially that plot twist Wow, I I was done. I hated Heimdall. God, I hated, I hated Heimdall. Heimdall. Oh, bro, I hated him with a passion, that motherfucker. God. <laughs> I was sitting here like, oh, when they mentioned him earlier, I was like, okay, Heimdall. But I'm not going to lie, the MC messed me up because I'm think, I'm picturing Egypt's album, man. Like, oh, yeah, Heimdall. Heimdall. He's, he's <laughs> and, and Heimdall shows it. I'm like, he's a Chad. A Chad bro. from the biggest frat in, in Asgard, bro. <laughs> Jesus. And, and then it doesn't help the fact that he also could see things coming. So he uh-huh. could talk all that shit and then you can't really do nothing about it. And like, uh, especially how he was talking to freaking Atreus mm-hmm. and through it and all that. I was like, bro, this guy is. And then he like major dick, major dick. dude. As soon as he started talking about Atreus's mama, I was like, Kratos, you're gonna have to step in and put some <laughs> put 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 some boots in asses, bro. But I will say though, fighting him, dope. Oh, the way he was blocking all your shit, like just just blocking uh-huh. when he used the spear and everything. He. He wow, he was he was one of the, my favorite bosses. Mm-hmm. Wasn't he hard? But he had like three He's hard bars, didn't he? He was hard. He was hard, hard, hard. <laughs> I died. I and, and listen, I wasn't even playing the hardest difficulty. Like I was playing in the middle difficulty, and I died like six times. Like it was bad. <laughs> Especially after you got the spear and you and yeah. you've been using it for a while, and you figured out what to do. And yeah. it's like you're trying to do the same thing. And he's going bam, 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 blocking, yeah, no. blocking, blocking. I was like, how do? You- and I'm sitting here how? myself, like, how? And I keep forgetting that, yeah, he has the whole special eyes thing, but like, still, yeah. how? How are yeah. you doing this? Yes. Duh. When 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 you got him down uh two health bars and then mm-hmm. you and you saw the third health bar, what was your reaction? Like, were you in disbelief? Like when you I saw was him? screaming at the screen. I was like, die, bro, how? How? It was, it was but, ridiculous. Oh, but the boss fights in there are just, yeah, be, I would say almost, I would say, and even with, compared to Elder Ring, some of them would be random as hell, especially after mm-hmm. you complete Ragnarok, out of nowhere two Valkyries show up in the middle mm-hmm. of the thing. I was like, dude, no, two of them, being fighting one of them is a lot. Like, you bring both of them in there and they keep reviving their health bars? Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. And the berserkers. I had I, I oh, had yeah. a, I had my run in with the first berserker, and I was like, "Yo, these souls need to stay in the ground because they're they're this is crazy, crazy ass shit, bro." Gosh. But yeah, that 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 that's that's basically that's basically the, the discourse on God of War versus Elden Ring. We'll see what happens in eight days' time. Uh, with that said, I think we only have one more rapid fire thing to discuss, which is Wednesday. Uh, it it broke Wednesday broke. Stranger Things' record, its viewership record for a week in minutes watched. That is absolutely nuts, bonkers, wild, craziness. Craziness out here. 
Uh, it, 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 it equaled Stranger Things 4 within one week and broke the minutes watched record. Uh, it's been crazy. It's been crazy. Yeah. The, the past seven days have been crazy with, uh, with, with Wednesday edits as well. It's been, it's been nuts. Well, yeah. Guys, guys, just, just, just for, just for a moment, please, (laughs) please be honest with me. Did it warrant it? (laughs) In your opinion between us and and the viewers <laughs> be did it really warrant beating stranger things does it mm, so in terms of beating stranger thing mm, no personally <laughs> I, I do like it i do like it a lot more than others did um especially if you look at it from this way um i look at it as an adaptation of the adams family or like um like you know you know a how spin they off, a spin specials off, yeah. Yeah, you know how they do those little specials like, oh, the Adams family meets the Scooby Scooby Gang mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Like, oh, it's just a adaptation of the Adams family. And is it no, here's the thing, is it accurate? Is it faithful to the source deal? Not really. Not really at all. Um, they do take some liberties in a lot of areas, but as like I said, it's it's a story tell it's a it's a telling or adaptation of the Adams family, specifically all around the character Wednesday. Which um Jenna Ortega um did a fantastic job. She is like she is Wednesday. I would argue that she rivals OG the Christina OG. Ritchie, um, wow. Yeah, she is really good. She is amazing as Wednesday. And um, and here's the thing. I will say I understand the hype. I understand the hype behind it. Um, do I think it's better than Stranger Things? Not no, but like I I liked it so far. I heard I saw I saw the stuff on TikTok. Of little edits and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, Wednesday. And I finally watched it. And I started watching it um on Wednesday. On Wednesday oh, uh, this week. <laughs> and um and I was just like, okay. Seems very Adam's family. And then as the story goes on, I was like, oh, this is very interesting. Very interesting take. And it got more interesting at the end. I will say that um, not in a bad way, like I do agree with Jose because he posted um his little critique on Twitter and Instagram. It does have its moment where it gets a little Riverdale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but not in a bad way. I mean, it was still entertaining. It does have that CW feel sometimes. But structure-wise. Not, 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 not CGI-wise. Not, not, it's just st- structure-wise. It just felt like... It's, it felt like uh, something Riverdale. that CW came together. Like, hey, what if we did this, guys? Like, that's the scenes like that. And But here's the thing. It's that's good, though. I will say it's it, a good it, Riverdale. It's a it's good, a good Riverdale. Riverdale. It's a good Riverdale. It's a good CW. Like I'll be like, okay, I'm not mad. I do think that, like I said, they do take liberties though. Like, yeah. you know, in the original Adams family, you know, they're just what makes them different is that, like, you know, they're just a quirky family in a normal world. If the world is normal, but they're just a very quirky gothic family that really love each other a lot, and that's what makes them stand. I mean, we got the classic Adams family movies and everything, um, but. Like I said, they take some liberties in this, and I guess there are more um, fantastical things in this world because, you know, she goes to the school called Nevermore, which is, I guess, the alma mater of her parents. Mm-hmm. And it's basically filled with different magical types of people. You got like your standard vampires, you got things called stoners who are basically like descendants of Medusa or Gorgons. You got werewolves. Werewolves exist in this. You got sirens. Sirens. So, yeah, there are different, like, 
Oh, they call it outcast, which is mm-hmm. the part I found funny. They call them outcast, but I'm like, um, these are entirely different species, in my opinion. These are but, monsters. It's a, it's a monster. High. It's a monster high, monsters. Yeah. No shade, but like, um, so I'm just like, dang. And you know, um, uh, Wednesday goes to the school, and and I guess she's an outcast in the outca- school of outcast a little bit. Wow. But like I said. It works, in my opinion. Now, if you are a diehard Adams Family lover and you wanted to be accurate, then yeah, you're probably not gonna like this. You're not gonna like this at all. Especially one thing I will say I had a criticism of is that I don't like what they kind of did with the Adams family family dynamic. Like I don't mm-hmm. like the fact that Wednesday and her mother Morticia kind of have a a feud a little bit. Yeah. Granted, you can make the argument that well, that's just Wednesday being a teenager. Where she's gonna, you know, be rebellious against her parents, but like you know, throughout the Adams family lore, they're always a tight knit family. They always are on each other's side. They always there for each other. They're always happy. They you never notice that they're never angry, never angry with each other. They do some stuff and they're just like, oh, those little kids messing around. Uh, I love them. It's like Gomez being um enthusiastic and all that stuff, and um and I do feel like that part there was a little missing especially between um Morticia and gomez between um wednesday and i didn't like what they did to my boy pugsley they made him a soft boy not there's nothing wrong with soft boys but like he's on the same level of crazy like wednesday but he's just like there like oh i got bullied at school i'm like what do you mean you got bullied <laughs> bro you like, if it was pugsley from the like from the actual like you know from the source material my man would probably burn the school down mm-hmm. but that was my only gripe, but overall, I loved it. I think I think it's cool. I'm looking forward to season two. There's eight episodes, by the way, Travis. Yeah, eight hours, eight hours, eight hours. They're all almost an hour long. Oh. The first episode is crazy. I would say. Yeah. Wow. So, would you guys recommend me watching it? How much of Adam's family do you, are you a? Di- I want to say diehard. How much of the Adam's family do you know on a scale? I, of one, I one know eight? they're a family, and I know <laughs> that, and I know that. Uh, I know their theme song. Like, yeah. nah, 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 that's I'm not gonna get any of that. I'm not gonna lie. That was yeah. the one other grab I had. You don't hear the song at all in this <laughs> entire show. I was like, oh, yo, what the hell? No song. You do get the snaps. You do get the <laughs> snaps. Get the okay. But you don't get the song. I I would say it's like a it's like a detective style uh high school uh uh fantasy. It's a high school fantasy. It's a, yeah. it's like it, it's 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 a it's it's a murder mystery. Yeah, it, yeah, I would say it's like it's it's trying to do its own take on like the the like a Harry, Harry Potter-esque way of covering like monsters in a high school. So it's de- it definitely feels like a boarding school type deal. Uh so uh, at least to me, it definitely feels like it's worthy of the watch. I definitely feel like some of it has been like, like the hype has been un- surreal for it. Uh, mostly because of the amazing performance that we get from Jenna Ortega. Jenna Ortega carries the show to a level that, and even uh, Gwendolyn Christie, uh, who, who yes. play yes, who who's in this as well. Uh, I, I think they carry the show uh, immensely. Uh, and the relationship between, for example, Wednesday and her roommate, which you will meet in the show without any spoilers, um, it's it's literally night and day. So like that duality of having somebody that's diametrically opposed to you actually having around and be building a solid relationship, that carries the show. I will say some of the situations can get a little bit Riverdale-esque near the middle of the show, 
but um it, i would say it's worth the watch i would say def it's definitely worth the watch uh i Actually, i enjoyed my time for real and i would definitely say that um yeah like her uh, general ortega's um depiction of wednesday is very accurate mm -hmm. i like how she stays um you could say for the most of the, the entire show she's pretty consistent on how she acts you know she's the brooding goth girl yeah. like oh yeah I have good times at funerals. My my party times is at funerals. Oh, I like dead things. Um, and like she she really plays she never it. blinks. That's she another never thing. blinks. She never blinks in the entire show. As soon as she did the audition with uh with Tim Burton and didn't blink, she was like, "Yep, can you do that for the entire show?" And she's like, "Yep, I can do that." She never blinks. I I was purposefully looking at like moments of action. She never blinks in the entire show. No, and she's, she's as deadpan as it comes. Um, what's the what's the what's it called the the facial expression? It's um, a facial expression that you can do. Um, it's there's a name for it. Deadpan. No, it's not not just deadpan. It's like there's a name for the face that she does. I I forgot what it's called. Someone showed it on 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 TikTok explaining because she does this specific specific facial expression where she has her head down. Her oh, the Kubrick stare. The Kubrick yeah, stare. She does it very well. It's almost consistent. Yeah. It's wow. almost in every episode she has that face. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then of course you know what's going viral right now is that there's like a dance scene she does. And she does that face, not blinking, mm -hmm. in that same face to the entire dance sequence. I will dance, dance, dance with my hands, hands. Dude, hey, that's it's a dope, it's a dope scene. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that it's it's a dope scene. I like that. But yeah, that's that's pretty much everything that we have. Do we have anything else that we'd like to cover before we let the viewers go? We we had a two hour show today. Well, uh, that is like. I mean, it's already solidified that this is the end of phase four. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be opening up phase four on uh, phase five with um, Ant-Man Quantumania. We saw the trailer for that. Looks cool. Can't wait to see um, King the Conqueror, what they're going to do with that. Um, I will say one thing, though. And, you know, like I said, everybody has gripes with phase four. But and this is just an assumption. And I acknowledge this is an assumption. I feel like phase four might pay off. The, if the, all depends on phases five and six. If they do it well at what I'm thinking that they're going to do then we might be taking a lot of these people might be taking back what they're going to say about phase four. But again, that's just my assumption. That is my future sight. I'm, I'm saying about it. I could be wrong. It could all be going possibly downhill from here. Maybe, but I you think it's going to work out. You never know. You never know. But uh, with that being said, I think that is all. Uh, that is all it from our crew today. What an amazing podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, obviously big thanks to you to Mizu and Travis for always being here and leveling up the vibes for you guys. Thank you guys so much for watching. Make sure you go check us out on all of our personal social media channels, whether it be on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, etc. And also make sure to check out the Weeb Weekly socials on YouTube, Apple, Apple, uh, podcasts uh, spotify and everywhere else you decide to consume your podcast needs we will be there to give you all of the best pop culture coverage week in and week out as always make sure to uh uh like the video share it with your friends make sure you stay tuned for the next episode and remember this episode has been presented to you by bet online as always we love your faces we will see you on the next one Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.